Welcome to the New Hope 365 podcast. Our youth group, G1, is now meeting Wednesday evenings from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Our Sunday morning worship service has moved to 10.30 a.m., both in person and online. We are asking that you would please RSVP for your children only by visiting our website, newhope365.church, and clicking the red button. And now, here is today's message. Um, I'm going to continue on in this series, Knowing You. It's a, a, a series on identity, and we're, and we're tracking through the book of Ephesians. And uh, scripture will go up on the screen in just a moment. And this particular set of messages, particularly last week, and particularly this week, is there's something a little bit different to it. And I can't quite explain it other than when we're dealing with the topic of prayer, it's very difficult for me to just talk about prayer. Why? Because uh, it, is, it is my connection and relationship with the God of the universe. It is the Spirit of God at work, speaking to me, speaking to you, and it's the foundation of our faith is in that relationship with God. And so this is a big deal for us. And, and it's your identity, as I've stated in, in the topic, is anybody listening? Well, if you're a follower of Christ, of course, God is listening. Now, that, if you're here today and you're online and you're like, what do you mean? If, I, if, I, if I'm not a Christian, does God not hear me? No, God, God can hear you. God is sovereign. But there's something about being in communion with God that is transformative. And your identity as a Christian is one in which God hears you, knows you, understands you. Now, what if, as I've done marriage counseling over the years, I will tell couples that are in that session... Why did God give you two ears and one mouth? So you could listen what? Twice as much as you speak. Okay? Now, we can have that in a counseling session, right? We can be like, oh, yeah, 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 I, I get that, I get that. Do you think God intended that just for marriage? I think God gave us something image-wise, to look into the mirror every day in which he's going, you got a mouth, good. Use it for good. But I gave you ears so that you could hear what I'm saying to you. And that you and I need to be listening twice as much as we are speaking. And believe it or not, God is speaking He's speaking to you, he's speaking to me, he's speaking to his church, he's speaking to a culture, and oftentimes the reason we're feeling like this is because we're not listening. We're not listening. <laughs> this last week, I uh, had my first Texas experience of hail. 
So Dan, Dan Campbell is in, in the room, and he's one of our elders, if you're online, Dan. And, and uh, Dan said when we were buying our house some years back, he goes, hey, don't worry so much about the roof because every, you know, seven to ten years, you're going to have to replace it anyway or whatever. And, and literally, I watched as our pool became like a tidal wave, and of course, our vehicles have been damaged, and we've had to do the claims and all of that type of stuff. And I'm thinking, man, if 2020 wasn't, you know, good enough, thank you 2021, right? Thank you, 2021. And, like, and, and, if, and if it wasn't enough that you, we had the, you know, snowpocalypse thing going on, now, now, now we've got, like, hail the size of whatever you want to call it. And, and I'm going, okay, God, help me understand what's going on here. And, and the Lord, as I settled my soul, spoke as he does in stillness. And he says, I actually have a plan I'm working through that plan and the question is is are you going to learn from that plan I'm like this this was your plan that was your plan and so I have come as I've been listening to God I've come to the conclusion that your life is well crafted your life is well crafted. From your marriage to your singleness to your struggles to your children, depression you face, hardships you face, money losses you face, that God is at work. And none of it is a shock. And He is framing your life. In and taking you in a, in a pattern in which, here's the thing, the question I have for you is will you embrace what he's doing? And this, is, this idea in identity is that as an image bearer of God, it is something that he's, he, he doesn't want you to take lightly. I, I have said, I've said that in the, in the weeks gone by as we've looked at Ephesians, that how do we image God? Through our head? heart and our hands knowledge emotions service and and uh i talked about how ephesians this particular book is uh, looking and talking about your identity of who you are in christ and either your identity is in christ or your identity is in idolatry and here's what i'll tell you that when you understand and listen to what the spirit of god is saying the idolatry will begin to diminish and the presence and spirit of God will begin to emerge like you've never experienced in your life. But there is a key, and here's the deal. This is, this is I, man, I got, I got a priceless deal for you today. All the world's problems are gonna be solved in this message. Online, just want you to know, all the world's problems, all the, yes, all the world's problems are going to be solved in this message. Because you know, all the world's problems are solved by what? God's love. God's love. And you are recipients of God's 
love, even in the midst of hail and freezing rain and snow and depression and and struggles and financial issues and stuff at work and stuff in the community. And you're going, why did the water heater break this week? Or why did such and such thing happen? Why? And God's going, "Don't, don't you understand that all the world's problems are solved by my love? But God, I'm wanting something different. I'm wanting that fixed right now. I'm wanting a solution here right now. And he's going, I am the solution. I am the solution. So Ephesians chapter 3, and I'm going to have you stand to your feet as I read today. Ephesians chapter 3, Paul, in chapter, in verse 14 he had just gotten done talking about the, the, what Jesus had done in reaching the Jews, in reaching the Gentiles, and the greatness of God. And he was just, just writing it out and just spitting it out as he was listening to what God was saying to him. And then he goes and he says, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources he will empower you with the inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Verse 19, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Completeness, fullness, life, power comes from God. Now, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we, might, we may ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, Heavenly Father, may you let this sink into our souls today. May God it permeate into our lives. May we, God, have eyes to see and ears to hear. God, as you are speaking to us and those online, and God, you're not just speaking today, you're speaking tomorrow and the next day, but God, may we listen twice as much as we speak. Oh, God, help us. In your awesome and mighty name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And so last week, as you understand... This, this idea that your identity is one that God listens to you. But as I was praying this last week, it, he, he, as he was speaking, he said, it's great. I, I, listening has never been an issue for me, Jason. Listening has never been an issue for God. But listening has been an issue for us, hasn't it? Listening is an issue for us. And it is becoming increasingly difficult to listen in a culture of information overload and noise that is nonstop. And, and, and as I've been praying and as I've been listening, the Lord is speaking that when we will listen twice as much as we speak, then the move of God will occur and he's waiting for it to occur when we start listening. And when we start obeying and hearing what he has to say, 
it will transform what you see, how you think, the way you act, all of those things and how you respond, what you watch, what you listen to, you, you name it, it will affect everything. So last week, I talked about how prayer is in, in these six principles of, of prayer, that prayer is what? It is personal. It is the fact that I trust that you could come up to me, put your hands on my shoulder, pray for me, and I'm not afraid of you because it's personal. Prayer is relational. It's getting to know you and you getting to know me and God is desiring for that to occur in your life, getting to know you. He, he, he wants you to understand how much he cares for you, but really, honestly, more important is for him to know, for you to know his love over your life. So it's very personal. And then it is asking, which, which by the way, I don't know anybody that's not good at asking. <laughs> right? You know, hey, I'd, I'd like a raise, God. Hey, God, I'd like, I'd like a bigger house. Hey, God, I would love that parking space. Hey, God, I would like, I would like these things, eh, you know, all these things to work out. Prayer asking has never been an issue for us Christians, is it? And so I shared those three, and then I stopped. And that's where I get today is to this fourth principle of relationship with the Father in prayer. By the way, prayer is you speaking to God, and meditation is you listening to God. And what I was not taught, what I was not taught growing up, is how to meditate and hear God. When was the last time you heard God? When was the last time God spoke to you? When was the last time you said, Ooh, I'll embrace that. That is good. When was the last time you meditated and heard God speak? Prayer is, number four, is yearning. It's yearning. It's Jesus loves you. Say that. Jesus loves me. Say it again. Jesus loves me. How does that make you feel? Who's going to say, well, that sucks? Nobody's going to say that. Do you, doubt, uh, do you doubt the love of God because you have somebody that's suffering or you're suffering? Do you disbelieve because there's some sin in your life, hidden, secrecy? Do you disregard it because it seems like, ah, it's oversimple. Yeah, I was taught Jesus loves me all my life. That's something that you've truly plumbed to its depths. Do you, do you dismiss Jesus loves you because you're so busy with life and its cares that you don't have time to dwell on the truth of his love? This is significant because it's what will, it's what will allow you to engage in the listening twice as much as you speak. And then if you look at verse 17 and 19 again, I'm going to read this. Just, just ah, God, let it sink into our soul. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts. Remember, I said this last week. This is the only place in the New Testament that it speaks of Christ. You know, we say, invite Jesus into your heart if you've ever been a Christian for a length of time. You've heard that. This is the only place that it speaks of that. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, grasp, 
as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand, which is, I'm always grateful when, when, when Paul or somebody in the scripture writes that, because I'm sitting there, sitting there as I'm pondering, and I'm going, I don't understand God. And I'm going, well, if Paul couldn't, like, God, thank you. Fully understand, then you'll be made complete with all fullness of life and power that comes from God. And here's Many of you know that God loves you, but it's like getting your learner's permit to drive a car but never driving it. You, you get the driver's education class, and you're like, ah, driving is incredible, driving is amazing. I'm like, have you ever driven? No, but I sat in the class. No, I got the permit. And you never get to get in the car. And Paul wanted our love to be firmly set in our minds like the foundation. It's the foundation of your relationship with God. It's, it's this love of God. Jesus is the chief cornerstone, understanding that. But he wanted more. He wanted his love, the love of God, to be like a plant rooted deeply in nourishment and able to flourish. <laughs> and so I've got these plants in trees at my house. And they got pretty well slammed with the whole, you guys know, the whole uh, snow and ice and all of that type of stuff. And I mean, I'm telling you, I, I walk around, I'm thinking, you know, Taps is playing for this one. And, 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 and I mean, this one, it's just over. And of course, I begin to cut away. And, and there was ones that I'm like, I'm just gonna cut it down. And every day, I kid you not, every day, I go out and I look and I'm like, oh God, please let it live. Please let it live. Please let it live. And it's incredible how I'm seeing things spring up on what was potentially dead coming up on that tree. My kumquat trees, my, my uh, palm trees, my uh, aloe, is it aloe vera? Is it, what, what other one? I don't know. Aloe plants, whatever. Thank you, thank you. Coming up, and, and, and I'm watching as that happens. Do you know how these things survive in the midst of stuff that we face a root system that's taken care of how will you survive and understand and make it through the sickness the trials the struggles you will do it because your root system is is deep in the love of god and when the stuff comes and it looks like all of a sudden it's like everything is dead oh no there's a system, and God has it rooted deeply in nourishment to be the deep root in your soul, which is the love of God, and Paul wants us to know that, he loved, that, that God loves us, and so he prayed that we would understand or grasp his love. That, that word to me is curious. It means actually to take or seize eagerly, to clasp or embrace, especially with the fingers or arms, or to lay hold of with the mind. The love of God happens when the truth in our head captivates the affections of our heart, which spurs us to grasp the love of God in our lives. And that's the truth, that there's one answer to all our problems, a full understanding of God's love for us. And this is where I'm going to now just step aside and give us a little bit of a, a, a practice moment because how much, come on, how much of my preaching and how much of preaching just in general is very difficult to apply? 
Just be, just be candid, okay? You, like, you listen to it, you go, that was good, but what do I do with that? What is it that, what God, what, what do I do? And um, sometime back, I started reading a book called The Surrender Experiment. And The Surrender Experiment was written by a man by the name of Michael Singer. And by the way, um, this was recommended uh, to somebody by me that was an unbeliever. And he said, you ought to you know, read this book, The Surrender Experiment. I'm like, interesting. And the author of it, and so just don't go and, don't, don't go and take it hook, line, and sinker because it's written by a yogi who is, um, is into this, all this, you know, this, this flow of life and, and some mystical things and all of that type of stuff. But I found it fascinating as I began to read it. And, and, and uh, the surrender experiment was one in which <laughs> what this Michael Singer, who, by the way, was, is fascinating. He started, he's a, and, and he's still, he's still a hippie, wears jeans and just a, like a, a, a shirt, there's a ponytail, like mid-70s now. His, his original work is now, is now in, in the Smithsonian because he was the first one to, uh, to write code for all of the medical stuff in the United States back in the 70s, 80s that now has been used, the medical manager. And he shares his story in this surrender experiment. He's talking about how, how he would go out to the woods and he, how he had all this chatter going on in his head, all this chatter going on in his head. And he's like, just, I wish it would be quiet. So he began to experiment with Stillness and meditation. And as I'm reading it, I'm going, this guy's not that far from God. He just doesn't understand the source. And so he decided back in the 70s that he was going to allow, he was going to surrender to whatever flow of life would occur, whatever it would mean. Meaning if you came to him with this idea or that, he was just going to go, because his nature was to overthink it, process it, and go, That's imp- I can't do that. That's impossible. That, there, there's no way that that will work out. And when he decided that he was going to move to this surrender experiment, do you know where it birthed out of? It birthed out of stillness and quietness and contemplation and meditation. And he said, the moment I began to still myself, I began to hear life happen, and I began to hear and again, he doesn't know who it is. And he said, and I've watched my life unfold before me, and I don't have time to go into the whole story. But literally, it, it led him to become a multimillionaire. It led him to, didn't, wasn't trialless by any stretch of the imagination, but he said, I was finally going to say, I'm going to surrender. And he said, the anxiety and the stress and the worries of life, and he, and he, and he built a, they, you know, they built temples and he Bought, bought land and they bought all of this type of stuff and I said, okay Lord, there's got to be something in this for me and the Lord's like everything that that I create is good, Jason and the enemy remember I've talked about this and the enemy always has a counterfeit but the church has exempted themselves from the real because you're afraid of the counterfeit. And so, and so what, what has begun to happen in my life is I decided that I was going to start the surrender experiment. And, and at first I'm like, 
man, I don't know, man. And I, and I have more stories and I don't have time to tell you. But you know, you know how I came to that place? I came to that place because I finally started listening. And I'm going to tell you right now that most of our personalities, regardless of where you're from and what you've done and where you, is there's a stillness and there's a quietness that needs to occur for you to know and truly understand what God is saying through his scripture, through his words, through, through people, through your spouse, through children, uh, all of that. And this is what I do. And this is, just, this is just practical, and some of you are going to go, that's crazy. I close my eyes, and I begin to breathe, which the alternative sucks. Not breathing. It's a joke. Thank you. I close my eyes, and I begin to just breathe. And I place my hands up, and I say, Holy Spirit. I'm listening. And what the Lord began to speak to me was, I'm not needing more information. Because sometimes we're just seeking information, aren't we? Because we're information like savvy. Because you don't need more information. You need to be emptied. And when I empty you, you'll watch as I'll fill you. But I'll fill you with what's right and what's good. And I, and I just, I begin to just breathe. And it, it started with about five minutes, because here's the thing. I'm going to just be honest with you as a pastor. I just go into the room and I just start talking to God and telling him where the church is going and how it's going to work and all of that type of stuff. And then he stopped me and he said, how's that working for you? I'm like, still my soul, quiet my soul. Be still and know that I am God. You know that Psalms about 25, about 25 to 30 times talks about meditation. You know that, that, that the heroes of the faith spent time in meditation. I believe that Jesus, even, even though I don't understand why he, he doesn't, other than the, you know, Matthew 6 and the, the, the Sermon on the Mount and talking, you know, here's how you pray, our Father who art in heaven. But he says, hey, what I want you to do is stop being like the hypocrites and talking so much. Stop being like the hypocrites and talking so much. And, and I'm going, well, then what am I supposed to do? You're supposed to listen. And I'm like, but I can't. It's not my nature. I don't like to listen. I don't want to listen to anybody because I think I know and I have answers. And on top of it, the world's noisy. The world's noisy. And so the Lord said and spoke to my soul when I began to still it. And literally, you cannot do this. And for you to go and say, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to sit here first and be still. And I'm telling you, this is the challenge this next week. I would challenge you to three days of stillness. Nope, not full three days. <laughs> three days in which one day you take about five to ten minutes. The next day, do the same. And be conscious of your breathing and breathe in life. Breathe in this air. This is the air I breathe, you know? Your Holy Spirit, you Holy Spirit, come. Still your soul. 
and you let me know whether it begins to do something in your life. Because here's the thing, as, as you are emptied and you let your thoughts begin to go, the Spirit of God will start to speak and say things that you've never heard before. I'm telling you. I have, I have since I've been doing this surrender experiment, I've just begun to, I've just begun to experience something that I've wanted for a long time and, and I pushed back on meditation but the Lord is saying I want you and you go well I'm going to meditate on scripture so I go okay I'm going to meditate on scripture so um, you know, see, you know, you'll seek me when you find me when you seek me with all your heart well say that 25 times you'll seek me and you'll find me you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart and eventually you're going I don't know what to do with that God and the Lord goes and speaks to me and says don't worry about the information just breathe and I'll take care of the rest Prayer is yearning, and prayer is you speaking. Meditation is God in turn speaking to you. But here's the thing. Will you take time to actually engage that? And what will happen? I'm going to let you know. The anxiety, I'm not going to ask who has anxiety in the room. Online, I'm not going to, okay, there are those, but I'm not going to, but okay, okay. I want you to know that the cure to depression and anxiety and fear and worry is meditating on God. Now, are you saying, well, I shouldn't take this medication or I shouldn't go see this counselor? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the cure to your ailments in life is, is listening and understanding that the Spirit of God is present and he's not shocked at your beginning and he's not shocked at your ending. He's not shocked that when you're in the restaurant freaking out or driving down the road and freaking out or sitting in a hailstone and freaking out, he's not shocked. And therefore, when you go to him, doesn't it make sense that if he's not shocked, he's the one that is the one, the peace, the prince of peace? Prince of peace. And it's there for you. And, and today, as we, as we talk about it's your identity, last thing I want to just share then is prayer is an expectation. I'm expecting that when I still myself and I begin, and, and literally you will move to 30 minutes if you embrace this, and you'll move to an hour, there'll be times where there'll be hours of you sitting breathing, meditating, listening, and God is not done speaking to you, and you'll be like, two hours went by? And some of you would go, that's ridiculous. Oh, no. Jesus went to the wilderness for 40 days. And do you think he just paced back and forth and said X amount of things and said, wow, I'm just going to do this for the next 40 days? Oh, no. Jesus meditated, and God was speaking. And he was speaking to him. And prayer is expectation. Um, that, is the, that is the fifth thing. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power to work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And that more is vital word. God isn't only powerful. He's also generous. The question I have for you is, do you believe God can do anything? Do you believe that God can do anything? Man. If that's the case, then still your soul and engage the God who can do anything. 
the true test of your theology is not just what you say, but also how you pray. And this is significant. If others listen to your prayer life, would they hear you praying the kind of prayers that only could be answered if God really showed up in a big way? God's been teaching me to pray as big as he is. And I'm praying that not only over me and my marriage and my family, but I'm praying that over New Hope. Pray as big as I am, Jason, for this ministry and for where God is leading it. And I'm not going to tell you all that I'm praying, but I'm praying big. And God is doing something. And you might go, I don't know what it is. I'm letting you know that when you begin to meditate and you be, that when the peace of God comes, you're not going to stress about new hope. You're not going to stress about your life or your spouse. You are going to walk in the peace of God and watch as it unfolds. Okay, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back. And I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I'd like to do that, that last song that you did. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And I want that to sink into our souls today. Sink into our souls. Spirit of God, we ask right now that you would teach us. And you teach us not by us talking so much. You teach us by us listening and obeying. (laughs) And it is good. It is good. You are good. You are faithful. Your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O God. You, you God, know our beginning from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. Your name is proclaimed and your name is good. And God, you are working in our lives. And the cure-all for us is deep roots in your love. But oh God, we must be still and we must understand our identity it's one of God your love and how God we seek you and we will find you and we will find you speaking if we will listen oh God thank you Jesus now Lord would you just erupt Holy Spirit, Spirit of the living God would you just erupt in this place as we begin to sing this song, may it permeate our lives in a powerful way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you want to dive deeper, join Pastor Jason on Tuesday mornings at 1130 for the Truthcast on Instagram Live. And of course, you can access our sermons, devotional series, and podcasts, as well as music and lesson videos for children and families right from the New Hope 365 app, available in any app store.